Welcome to the Catapult Ed Next Gen Podcast, a podcast to educate the next generation towards a successful financial future. Hi everyone, welcome to uh, the latest podcast. My name is Tony Cat. Today I am joined by Senior Power Planner and Advisor at Catapult Wealth, um, Christina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Pleasure. Um, so, if everyone forgive Christina for her nerves. She gets a bit nervous about this podcast, but today we're going to run through choosing a super fun, um, Christina, aren't we? So, we're going to talk about for your, you know, you could be 18, 19, 20 years of age, uh, even older, and it might be your first super fund that you choose. And we do get asked a lot in this office about... Um, What's the best one? What do you do? What do you look for? What should you consider? And so I thought I'd spend some da- some time today talking about all that with you. So, um, so first and foremost, I guess we'll deal with um, the simple question of you've got a new job, um, you're working. I remember my first job was Woolworths Nightfield. Um, where was your first job, Christina? My first job was at Priceline. So similar to you, Priceline. we probably would have both been with Rest at the time. I don't know. Yeah, good question. Rest. I don't know where mine was. Yeah. Mine's 30 plus years ago now, giving out, uh, giving away my age. But um, but yeah, so first job and you your employer says, right, you've got to fill out all this paperwork. Yeah. And you have to choose where your super guarantee, your SG money is going. Yeah. What sort of things should somebody consider? Where do they start? Um, What's your advice for people listening out there today? Yeah. So when it comes to super, I don't think it's a one size fits all. Um, What's best for one person might not be best for another one. Mm. Um, And I mean, especially when you're young, there's so many options out there. It can get overwhelming. Mm. Um, Starting in retail though, I believe there was an EBA agreement where we didn't have choice of funds. So we had to contribute to the super fund that our employees told us to. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, these days, I think what the government is trying to do is they're trying to um, increase the flexibility in that and give people more choice of funds. Mm-hmm. Because what the problem is, is that as people work more and more jobs over time, they accumulate all these super funds. Mm-hmm. And then one day you end up seeing a customer that has about eight seven super funds. funds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, that's a good point too, because um, the, uh, yeah, it, it, basically there's not too many stages or jobs you can have now in Australia the way you don't have choice, um, yeah. which I'll circle back to. But can you think of examples where you don't have choice at the moment in super funds? Yeah. So, um, for example, if you're working for the government. Um, state government. Yeah. If yeah. you're working for the state government, um, you're generally put with state uh, Super SA. Yeah. Um, so, you don't have choice over that. They will only contribute funds into a super SA account. Mm-hmm. Um, another example is if you're working for a university, you might be um, with a uni super account. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't give you any choice there. Um, there's not as many these days, but there's mm. they still exist. Yeah. Definitely. And so you just have to ask some questions to your employer. Yeah. Um, with that in mind then, for, for people who can't make a choice or just ignore the paperwork, is there a... Is there, do they still have a default option where you, you'll end up in a REST account? So will the employer have a default where your money will end up? Yeah. Um, I remember a lot of the times um, if they don't have a a strict requirement to contribute to a particular super account, um, mm. they normally recommend uh, – normally I find it's like a retail fund mm-hmm. or an industry fund that mm. they recommend um, all um, – 
employees to go into yep. um, and normally it's just you get given a default option or level of insurance and um, mm. a basic, just a basic my super investment option. Yeah. And so just actually going down that rabbit hole with the my super option now, as I understand it, you it's the asset allocation of where your money's invested either in shares, property, cash, um, bonds is dependent on your age. Yeah. Is that, that uh, and so as you get, uh, the younger you are, the more aggressive it is. And as you move through your age ranges, the the asset allocation changes to more defensive option. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So you're referring to the um, the lifestyle, um, the life cycle yes. investment options, um, which, um, yeah, it, it, for example, if you've got a life stage 1990s fund, you'll find that you'll have more growth investments due to your longer term investment mm. time frame. Mm. Whereas um, as you get older, um, the growth investments dwindle back and you get more defensive options mm. over time. So, And that happens automatically without clients, yeah, this, yeah. without clients choosing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it's all it's made to be all automated and simplified, yeah. but it yeah. does run like a managed fund. So yeah. the, the yes, there's benefits to it, but there's also costs to it too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I find that those ones tend to be a bit more expensive. Yeah, yeah, fair call. So, so we have to be aware that there is a default option. You then need to understand how that default option works. Um, and... So when you are then, oh, I mean, um, there literally must be hundreds of super funds to choose from, Christina. Yeah. Um, what when you're looking or talking to a friend about choosing their first super fund? What are you telling them to look for? Yeah, well, it, so like I said um, previously, it's not a one size fits all, and it really depends what you're after in super. So whether it's after a low cost super fund, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you want. Um, heaps of investment options. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to be a bit more proactive and um, invest in ETFs and managed funds mm-hmm. because you really pay attention to investments and you know what you like, you know what you want. Mm. Um, so it really just depends what you're after. Um, if you're after low cost, for example, um, it's good to look at some of the industry funds, even some of the retail funds, and choose a low cost um platform with low administration fees and low cost investment options Um, but if you're looking for more flexibility and customization Mm -hmm. um, then you might look into a retail fund because they tend to have more investment options and more features and benefits um, more more ability to customize your investment strategy and things like that and then if you want the maximum level of customization, then you might look into a self-managed super fund where you have full control over your investment decisions. Mm-hmm. And when I say full control, it means you can de- you can invest in commercial property, you can invest in direct property. Um, you've got gold. Yeah, you can invest in anything. <laughs> Dime, like pink diamonds. Apparently, Bitcoin too yeah, now. So yeah. um, the the options are unlimited, but of course you have to stay within the compliance framework yes. that they. Um, that they kit you to, so that's a that's the that's the biggest catch with um, self managed super funds. Yes, there's great investment flexibility, but the costs are more. So mm-hmm. it doesn't um, it doesn't make sense if you have a low super balance, mm. say under two hundred three hundred grand. Mm. Um, but like, there's so much compliance mm. to get your head across. So that's mm. probably. What are the biggest drawbacks? So when we just break it down, when you're looking at the fee structures into a lot of these super funds, I, I think there's probably a few different things that we need to highlight and is that there'll probably, I don't think there is any more, there used to be even an entry fee yeah. when you made contributions back yes. in the day and this shows again how old I am. So some funds had a, you know, where they charged you 4 or 5% of every contribution. Does, yeah. that, that, does that still happen, Christina, or...? 
I have seen it. I have yeah. seen it. And I remember seeing it within the last year or two. Wow. Um, yeah. It definitely still occurs. And whenever I see that, it red Alarm flags bells. go off. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, your, your employer may, may be contributing 9.5%. Mm. But if the super fund automatically takes... 2% of that, mm. just on entry into your super fund. To me, that's like daylight robbery. <laughs> like it just <laughs> should not happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it still, it still happens, but it's a lot rarer these days. And I think they are trying to phase it out. Yes. Um, I mean, they used to have exit fees as well, which yes. they've phased out in the last couple yes. of years, which is great. Yeah. Um, it makes it easier to change super funds and stuff like that. You wouldn't have to worry about a $100 exit fee on the way out. But, um, yeah, contribution fees you don't see it much anymore, but I've still seen it here and <laughs> yeah. there. And and so therefore you have to be very aware of it. Yeah. Um, um, the next set of fees that you typically charge is I'll call it administration fees. Yeah. Um, so it's charged by the administrator of the fund, which might be REST or HESTER or whoever, the Unisuper. Um, and they can be either flat fees or percentage based. Um, you, you, you know that you would see a wide range of fees in that area too, wouldn't you, Christina? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, a lot of fees, a lot of super funds these days charge both a flat fee and um, um, an asset-based administration fee. It's hard to find a super fund that only just charges a flat fee. I mean, ideal if it does, because I guess as your balance grows, um, the amount they're taking is not growing as well. But at the same time, they may, um, if they do charge a percentage-based fee, which is very common these days, I mean, Australian super even does it, um, it's, it's usually capped at a certain amount. So it's not going to go over a certain dollar value. But the, And then that leads then to the third fee is a percentage-based fee of the fund manager. So whatever yeah. you choose to have invested, whether yeah. it be an Australian share f- fund or a, an international fund within your superannuation option, those fund managers are also charging a percentage on top of that. Yes, um, but those fees are slightly different. So they're more like indirect fees. So they come out of your investment returns and are not directly charged to your account. So you don't actually see them, but they are reducing your returns. So mm. um, it's kind of factored in into your returns and sometimes you find um, in some instances that um, the fee, the account keeping fees may be low and mm. you don't see any direct fees coming out the account mm. but the super fund balance isn't growing mm. very far mm. and often what the reason is because there's a no or low administration fee mm. but there is a high investment Indirect. fee yeah. and so the super fund balance is kind of going in a straight line. It's mm. not really going anywhere anyway. So it's still a fee. Yeah, it's still a fee. You <laughs> just don't see it. So yeah. it's like hit, it's hidden yeah. but it's there. Yeah, and that's I think the three layers predominantly that I would come across um, yeah. that we need to be very aware of and, and a lot of people unfortunately or fortunately they see the asset, uh, sorry, the administration fee at a very low level and assume they're in a low cost yeah. super fund. Yeah. But you need to go that little bit further and understand what the asset administration fee is or the investment management fee, I should say. Is, yeah, um, yeah, uh, which 100%. Is really important. Um, consideration um, as well, for particularly for younger people, is around understanding what comes with super around benefits. And, and one of the major benefits I just want to drill down in is insurance. Yeah. Um, when you get put into a super fund, you, you often just get a default level of, of life and TBD insurance and yeah. sometimes income protection insurance. Can, yeah. can you just talk to that point? 
a little bit, Christine? Yeah, sure. So um, with life and TPD, so life insurance is a certain amount you get upon your passing. Mm-hmm. Um, TPD is like total and permanent disablement. Mm-hmm. So usually if, it, if it's within the super fund, it's under any occupation. If you become disabled and can no longer work in any occupation at all, mm-hmm. um, that's the TPD component. And income protection is if you are sick or ill and you cannot work, um, then you get a certain amount per month Mm -hmm. there. Absolutely. And so with the default, it means you don't have to go through, you get given this sort of basic cover. um, But therefore, you know, insurance premiums are then charged. Um, It doesn't mean it's right for the client though. No, not necessarily. Like it's a default level cover, it's a generic level of cover and I mean it may not suit everyone. So it's good to actively engage and just have a think about, you know, if it's right for you. It, and it really depends on your life stage. I mean, if you're really young, like you're starting your first job mm. at McDonald's mm. and, you know, you're like 17 years old, it's, I would say, it's pretty much unlikely that you need life, life TBD. death, TBD yeah. and yeah. income protection, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But once you get older, the more financial responsibilities you have, mm. the k- more kids and the mortgage and all that, and once you get all those type of things, that's when you start needing needing to look at insurance. So mm. that's when it's a good time to kind of just reassess where you're at with everything mm. and what happens if you die? What happens if you become permanently disabled? Mm. What happens if you lose your like you cannot work because you're you're you've been you sick and you're off work for two or three months. So mm. that's when it becomes really important. Yeah. Absolutely. That. So worth keeping an eye on it. And at the flip side for those that aren't really listening to this podcast because it's designed for the next gen, but for the older generation who end up with insurance and they don't check it, yeah. premiums can get very high yeah. uh, on the flip side of that too. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean if you leave it there long term, you disengage with it and you're yes. not really paying attention, the premiums can skyrocket, especially as you get older, as yes. the risk is higher for the insurers, they will start charging a lot more. So we're not all about just keeping insurance there mm. over the longest time frame and mm. just keeping it there we want to actively be aware of is it still suitable for us mm. is it still right to hold that insurance etc so absolutely so we've got to make sure we get the investment strategy right um as well what um is it worth just mentioning that a lot of people disengage with their super because they feel like they just hand a check over or a check goes over to their super fund like hest or arrest or whatever and they they don't really understand what – do they have a choice of where that money's invested? Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. I mean, I can totally relate to that because when I first started my job at Priceline, mm. I was 16. I did not understand what the numbers meant. I remember looking in the mail and just seeing, you know, $5.50 per week, insurance, TPD, and I'm just looking at it all and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what this means. And it's like, it's all serious. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, too hard <laughs> in the bin. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as I've grown older, now that I work in, in the industry and understand what it all means, I think, um, yeah, it's important to understand your super and, and engage with it and actually understand where your money's going. So, um, yeah, it's when it, when it comes time to choosing an investment option, it really, um, pays to just have a think and just read, even on the websites, have plenty of information. We've got plenty of information as well, just to understand the different investment options that you have available, um, just understanding risk and return, um, getting a gauge of what you want in a super fund if you want a higher return or you want more of a balanced um, strategy, I guess. Um, but also thinking about your investment time frame as well and as, especially when it comes to super and we can't access it till we're 60 anyway. Mm. Um, I mean, chances are that, you know, it's probably good to think long term when it comes to super and, and just have a think of 
where your investment strategy lies in that. Absolutely. And so it's important to understand that if you if you feel like if you very uh, have a strong vindication to saying, no, I think the market's overheated, I want to move it all to cash, you can. Yeah, 100%. And you can, if you want to say, no, I think that the world's going to grow over the next 10 years and I want to have it all in Australian shares or international shares, you can. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it. You can invest it however way you want. Um, I guess yeah. it's just a matter of like just thinking long term though and not mm. not trying to time or, or change things too often mm. like i i have seen instances where um clients have just freaked out and just mm. pulled money out and mm. are constantly changing investment options and there was a, a, fr- a, a phase that i went to went through when i was trying to chase the highest <laughs> investment return in each asset class and then like to me it is pretty hard because yes you could be fearful and think okay i'm going to put it all in 100 percent cash but then but then you lose the upside mm. and i mean especially last year you would have seen that a lot of people would have freaked out and pulled out all their money and mm. put it all into 100% cash mm. investment option and mm. then held it there thinking the world was going to collapse mm. and then they've missed a lot the best some of the best one. returns yeah, yeah in in yeah a long like time recent history yeah. yeah so yeah it's like you can pull your money out but you don't know when to put it back in so no. it's 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 a difficult game and Sometimes it's it's okay just to leave it there and just set and forget. Super is a long term strategy, so yeah. And I think that's really important to remember in in a, in a sense that yes, you mentioned you can't touch it till you're sixty, and but it's important to not disengage with it either because it's not like a lot of people go, oh, I can't touch this money till I'm sixty, and yeah, they tend to ignore it too. Yeah, it's still your money. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's still money that you you know you yeah. you have, yeah. and you need to make it work. Exactly right, and that's why I would recommend um, at least engaging with your super fund and understanding what it means, actively making um, an investment choice which you think suits you, but also maybe like having an app. Lots of super funds have apps yeah. on their phone or have a member login where mm. you can um, check your super fund balance. I mean, point. yeah, you don't have to check it every day or every week, but maybe once or twice a year. So you know what's going on. Mm. You know that your super contributions are going into your account. Because mm-hmm. here's a tip, like just because your employee play slip says that, <laughs> that a certain amount is going into your super fund doesn't mean that it is. So it's good to check that it's actually going in there. Um, and then, yeah, just just understanding what, what's happening. There's nothing funky happening in, happening in the transactions or anything. Just to understand where it's all at so so yeah simple things like just download the app register for online member access and Mm. then um at least being aware of it and just knowing where it's at don't lose your login details (laughs) i think that makes the world of difference it's a good point actually i hadn't really thought about that either is um just understanding how your employer pays you because some employers think that the basic obligation off Tom Head is quarterly. Yeah. So you shouldn't lose any sleep if it goes in quarterly because that's yeah. the minimum obligation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's right. Sometimes it goes in ad hoc. Sometimes, um, you know, there's no there's no frequency or mm. there's no – it may come in, but it still comes in. So that's yeah. the main thing. As long as it comes in, it's not like you have to check it regularly and make sure it's in by mm. the week. They they have their own schedules that they run on. And and I would say to people listening out there today, we have seen an enormous amount of examples over history in Australia where um, employers have not yeah. paid their super obligations. and. Yeah. And therefore, and then at the end of the day, they go bankrupt or, you know, employees have missed out. Um, and so, therefore, I think it is, it can happen. Yeah. It is critical that you check. And if you're checking and it's not going in, raise the alarm bell. Yeah. Like, talk to your employer, talk to your HR department, talk to a financial planner or somebody that can represent you. Yeah. Because it's not okay. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's often not until people actually look at their super funds that they mm. realise. Because, I mean, 
the payslip can be misleading. It looks like there's a certain amount going in there all the mm. time, but that doesn't mean that's actually gone into your super fund. So, mm. yeah, there's been various companies that have been caught out mm. that way. Absolutely. Or not paying in the right amount. Yeah. Um, probably last point that I wanted to just talk about today is um, big, being careful when you change super funds because yeah. a lot of people go, oh, but I, you know, I, I want to go over to a self-managed super fund or a, um, or a, the, new, the latest Hester account or whatever it is. Yeah. What do you need to be careful of? Okay, so I guess the number one thing you need to con- really consider is insurance because you may hold insurance in your current fund and by rolling over, you'll end up cancelling that insurance right. and you may risk being un- uninsured for a certain amount of time. So that's probably mm. the biggest risk. Um, also a tip on that is just to not want not try to chase the highest super fund or the highest mm. investment option every year because, I mean, not one fund will consistently be number one every year. No. I mean, if you've got a reason to move and you, you're you um, convinced to stick with that option for mm. a long time, then mm. sure, go for it. But also just think about everything in consideration as well and definitely um, double-check their insurance in there because you don't want to be in a position where you think you're insured, something bad happens, mm. it turns out you're not insured. Mm. So that's when you can get in trouble. Well, particularly if your medical position has changed yeah. since you, you, know, you don't want to have to um, get in a position where you've you've had a, a medical issue since subsequently and then you're trying to reapply for insurance and, and you get knocked back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, insurance can be a long and complicated process and especially if you're going through um, like and you're purchasing a retail insurance policy, underwriting process can take months and months. Mm. So it's important just to double check and make sure that if you're going to get insurance or something elsewhere that's all approved and in place mm. because it's not even guaranteed. I no. mean, I mean, you can go apply for it and then they turn back and reject mm. you for whatever reason or the premiums can be double what you initially expected, mm. things like that. So you want to make sure you know everything, all your ducks are aligned and you know that what's happening before you cancel and roll over your your super. So, yeah, so no, yep. I agree. Christina, it's been fantastic chatting today. As everyone's heard, there's a lot to think about when you're going and looking at your new super fund. It's certainly Christina's been passionately talking about just making sure you do take ownership over it. And there's a few little potholes in there you've got to look out for. And um, um, I really appreciate you having on the show again today. And um, I'm sure we're going to get you on again to talk about another topic. So thanks for joining us today. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. Thanks.